What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Allie Deitchman. That's right. And as well as with us is Justin from Mage Hand Press. How's it going, Justin? It's going pretty good. Glad to be here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about... Um, well, we're pretty much going to be talking about Dark Matter for 5th edition today. That It is a Dark Matter episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Appropriately. And Justin, it. Was, Justin awesome. was awesome enough to join us here and... Uh, and Talk to us about the, the the book and the Kickstarter and all the fun stuff going on in Spice. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, Allie, how are your games this week? They were they're actually really fun. Um, I'm like somehow hit an inspiration spurt where it's like I don't know. So like Sun Wednesday I, on my usual Neverwinter game, uh, the party did handle the harpies. <laughs> and my rogue uh, quote, it was fun being the damsel in distress <laughs> as uh, he finally was saved from them. Um, and so they handled the harpies and they actually got to the real treasure of the white dragon horde. And uh, they found a tome of leadership, which essentially bumps up the charisma plus two, which my bard, oh, that nice. was on her wish list since like level <laughs> five. I so love giving she was players so their wishlist items. Mm hmm. And she's like, she's a 24-year-old elf. And she's like, oh, I'm keeping this. <laughs> I'm going to use it in 100 years. And then 100 years after that. <laughs> so, it's like, so you're going to have charisma at like 32. She's like, yeah, by the time I'm dead, probably. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. Um, That's great. So, yeah, so they, they pretty much had fun there. And, and I kind of was talking with that group telling them how it feels good to be on like that situation right now because we're finally at a point where we know what's happening next which sounds weird but (laughs) for a while there my whole group was like i don't know what we're doing uh we could be doing this and so that kind of left me in a void situation of i don't know what to do next (laughs) (laughs) well maybe we'll be talking about something later that could help fill that void yes (laughs) um and then on uh sunday we were actually able to play the in marcus's game in uh wild mount which was a lot of fun oh nice um yeah pretty much i i'm playing a paladin in there so i was finally able to summon a a steed because we just got to fifth level and Mm -hmm. i got to summon a hippocamp for my steed (laughs) what which was uh, okay so it's like half seahorse half horse except (laughs) the size of a horse all right it's in Greek mythology, and since Theros came out, there's an actual stat block for it now, uh, and it's the same sense. CR as a warhorse, except it's like the sea elf version of a warhorse. So, um, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> nice. And yeah, we, we went through a jungle adventure that day, so that was that was a lot of fun. How about That's how awesome. about you guys, Justin? Why, why don't you talk about that that game? I know it's been a little bit, but uh, you you had a game a little while ago. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. I had a fun little one shot. Uh, it was a it was a heist, and oh, I, I heist. yeah, heists are the best. Um, mm-hmm. So I was playing a craftsman, which is kind of like a it's a actually mage hand press class uh, where they get to like build and customize equipment. So my guy was um, <clears throat> kind of like the explosives expert slash um, you know requisitions guy. Like, like <laughs> hey, you know, you need that guy that can get you the thing you need while. Well, he probably built it. Um, <laughs> and oh man. My, I think my favorite part was uh, 
pretending that I was drunk to lure away some guards, uh, to pull them behind <laughs> some pillars to knock them out, to steal their uniforms. Uh, so then, you know, what a classic he... hitman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was pretty fun. Um, I I definitely want to play that character again. It was... What? So what? what which I, I know you said it was for Mage Hand Press. Which uh, subclass was it? Uh, the craftsman is was the base class. Um, the subclass. Oh, it's a base and, oh. yeah. Um, we were actually level one, so I didn't have a subclass yet. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I I thought they were. I thought it was a supplement for another class. It's a whole new class. That's freaking absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We've. Uh, I think we've released about mm, ten base classes now at this point. Oh man. Yeah. I gotta. I gotta. Yeah, go. I, just, I saw floor, them. And I, I'm I like... think I. <laughs> I, I think I assumed so cool. that they were subclasses, so I just didn't look that far into them. But now that I know the full class, I'm like, I'm going to go look at that after we're done recording. Yeah. So, like in Dark Matter, there's actually a subclass for the craftsman called the mm-hmm. Scrapper, who's all about you know taking junk and turning it into useful stuff. You know, I oh even God, looked I at it. that in the book and didn't put that together that they were full classes. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been uh, a day. Hey, you know, I I feel you. <laughs> uh, every day for the past week has been a day. <laughs> uh, to 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 round it out, I my my game on what, what I don't know. Days are weird. It was last week. Um, <laughs> Justin, I have a group that their 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 name is the Golden Pals, and uh, mm-hmm. they they get up to crazy antics. This time wasn't that crazy of antics. They, they were going through Descend to Avernus. They fought some undead things. They fought some fiend things, as would be expected. Of course, yeah. Um, uh, though I think I definitely think the funniest thing that happened was uh, the rogue Uthal. He he was like, "All right, I'm gonna stealth up to this side. You guys stay on that side, uh, and, and I'll, I'll kill those dudes next to the door real quick." And they're like, "All right." So I'm like, "All right." So you stealth around that side, and there are two undead minotaurs and he goes i'm stealthing back no <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, i like, thought that was gonna nope go so much out. worse so so he so then they were like all right all right just go back kill if you kill them stealthily we don't gotta worry about the minotaurs he's like that's a great point so he goes over stabs a dude as soon as that happens bad stuff just erupts and then the minotaurs turn and look towards him and so i'm like all right with all it's your turn and he goes all right uh so i'm at this door yeah he goes i disengage dash over to this door and i go out of the building (laughs) (laughs) so that that was that was pretty great they 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 survived it was fine nothing bad happened that's good yeah I um, uh, all right. I think I approve oh, of that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uthol Uthol does that sometimes. There was a lot of fireballs and holy avengers from there, and it was pretty great. Um, all right. So let's let's move into some broadsheets real quick uh before we get into the, the dark matter. Few things mm-hmm. happened uh between uh the last episode and now. Uh first up, uh, well, this actually happened just before the last episode went out, but you know, timing. Beetle and Grimm announced yep. the Curse of Strahd Legendary Edition, and I don't think I have insta-bought anything so fast <laughs> in my life. It has finger puppets. <laughs> it has finger puppets. I want them. And that's all you need to know about it. 
Yeah, pretty. Yeah, yeah. right. That's that's <laughs> what you need to know. Uh, no, so they. Uh, yeah, this was the thing that they were teasing uh, uh, the week before. Uh, they announced it Thursday night, and yeah, it was. It had. Um, uh, it's got maps by Devin Rue. It's got actual coins from Barovia with Strahd's face stamped on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's finger puppets, which are so freaking cool. Uh, the whole module, a whole bunch of stuff, and um, you know, it's Beetle and Grim Price, so. Go take a look at it at your will. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, this is one of my favorite supplements ever. So Beetle and Grimm doing it. I I just had to get it. I, well, my wife and I, we both put money in to get it because we're just like, we both want this. (laughs) (laughs) It's fair. And I'm glad it's going to include like all of the, uh, you know, changes that are being made to. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, I, I actually made sure to look and make sure that, I mean, I assumed that was going to be, be mm-hmm. what happened, but I wanted to look and make sure. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we're, we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that got announced. Go take a look at that. We uh, It's a little late. They did do a, a 10% discount for the weekend. So if you're able to grab that, awesome. But uh, otherwise, you know, it's still yeah, 10%. You can do it. Um, Next piece of news, uh, Wizards today announced, well, today while we record, not today while you're listening, uh, <laughs> that the uh, the Great Dalmudi, is that how you say it? Dal- Dalmudi? Yeah, Great Dalmudi. I screwed that up. Right. I'm sorry if that, uh, if that yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but they announced that they're, uh, this was a game that came out in the early 2000s or late 90s. It was designed by Richard Garfield. Uh, who, uh, you know, famously made Magic the Gathering. And uh, they're remaking it now with D&D art and themes in it. And you can't translate this into a podcast. Go look at the art. It's freaking beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It it, it was one of the things I'm like, I have no idea what this game is about or what to do in it, but I'm going to buy it because you're really pretty. So... Uh, go check that out. Um, and yeah, I'm probably going to figure out what the game actually is and see some videos on that. Um, <laughs> the Wikipedia I'm, article was not helpful. Oh, it wasn't. That's good to know. I'll go to YouTube. Then okay. maybe someone, maybe someone played it at some point and recorded it. Um, Larian studios, uh, announced that, uh, Baldur's gate three release date is going to be announced on August 18th. So they announced an announcement, which is fine. Um, they were originally hoping that they were going to get the early access of Baldur's gate three out this month. However, they have said that is not going to happen, which is fine. I mean, yeah, COVID fair, happened, bad shit's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I just they appreciate take... how open they are about it. Yeah. I did re- I did really mm-hmm. like that how uh how they were just like if like even even back during the you know semi E3 uh thing uh when they were showing off they're like hey we hope this hits August. We're not promising yeah. that, but we really hope it hits <laughs> August. So like I appreciate that they that they're talking like that. Uh also yeah. uh Chris Perkins is going to be uh on that stream. Uh so I'm 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 like Are you announcing something else with it? maybe? Hmm? Maybe. No? <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, last piece of uh, broadsheets is Omen Drawn is coming to Idle Champions. They're rounding out like the core group of uh, of uh, the acquisitions incorporated. Acquisition we we still, yeah. yeah, we still need uh, uh, um, Pat Roth as his character. Oh my god, I can't remember his name right now. And I, I know who you're talking about. Right, Viari. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We still need Viari. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, I don't know if it'd be possible, but I'd love to get uh, uh, AOFL in there as well. But, uh, <laughs> but Omen is coming in, the CEO of Acquisitions Incorporated, to kick some butt. Uh, they put up a spotlight over on uh, uh, Codename Entertainment's uh, site that talks about like what his stats are, what powers he's coming with, and all that fun stuff. So you can go check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, now moving on to dungeon keeping. Uh, for, well, thank you, uh, people listening. Uh, it, we did, we talked about the fundraiser last week with Dusty from Shouting in Place on here, and the day it went up, you all freaking smashed it. Like you destroyed <laughs> yeah. our goal, and uh, we, we had a hundred dollar goal for each shirt, and the logo one shot past a hundred dollars on the first day. Um, yeah, the, I'm, I'm uh, like, I know it's just not my mom buying these shirts too. So it's just like. <laughs> I'm so happy that we our little community has gotten together to do this. <laughs> what, what's funny, Allie, uh, <laughs> my wife, your your sister, I was like, did you tell my mom about the fundraiser? Because you know she's going to like <laughs> buy a bunch of those shirts. I'm like, I, I haven't done that one just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, the logo shirt co- totally passed its goal, but we can still keep going to keep uh, money going to uh, color of change. Uh, the read the table mm-hmm. shirt is halfway there. Uh, I'm still, I'm that's, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm still amazed that we, that all this happened on the first day. <laughs> um, so if you already grabbed the shirt, tell your friends about it, let them know that this is supporting a great cause. Um, and be like, Hey, it's kind of a cool shirt, right? Maybe it's pretty. <laughs> Maybe it look good, Nick. Get in a cool color. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last but not least. Actually, real quick, we <laughs> have a bonus episode that went up on Wednesday that we only realized we were going to make while I was editing this episode. Uh, a new Unearthed Arcana came out on Wednesday that had new subclasses for the Bard and Warlock. So go check out that episode. We put it up kind of late Wednesday, so you might have missed it. Uh, but yeah, it's there. You can go listen to it and see what's going on with it and what we think about it. Now back to Dark Matter stuff. Let's give out some champions loot. This is a code that you can put into idle champions on any of the numerous platforms that that game is available on now uh, and get a free gold chest on us. So that code this week is P-I-C-K-P-I-L-I-L-A-T-E. I didn't screw it up this week. <laughs> no. Back on it. Now, now I can go back to that sign and be like, a uh, number of episodes since you screwed up. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Put that in idle champions, get a gold chest on us, take a screenshot and send it to us on Twitter at difficulty class. We'd love to see what you get. Get those purples, get those shinies and kick evils. But okay. That was a lot of talking. Sorry. I had to get through all that. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, thank you for being on the show. Uh, This Mm -hmm. was set up very quickly and I was very happy that we were able to get you on here this week. Um, Who are you? What do you do? What the heck is mage hand press? All right. So um, I'm Justin. I'm the community manager for Mage Hand Press. And uh, so basically what I do is handle, um, you know, all of the social, the marketing, um, a lot of the finance and, you know, business backend stuff. I get through a little bit of the writing, um, mm-hmm. but kind of a big part of my role is to make sure that uh, Mike and, you know, any of the writers we bring on can focus on the uh, creating really cool products. Um, and I get to talk about them and, you know, play with people on streams and, you know, have fun every now and then I get to write and that's real fun too. But, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like my role in the company. Uh, it sounds like a fun role. 
It, it really yeah. is. Um, I mean, you know, some things aren't great, like uh, distribution. Uh, turns out uh, organizing shipping, not fun, but it it pays off. It, like everything else is so great that those less fun aspects are, I don't mind them. Yeah, those those go by quicker than the amount of times that you see people be like, "Oh, I really love this product. I'm glad I got it." I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was. Just, I've been with the company for about two years now. Uh, when we launched the first Kickstarter for Dark Nuts, mm-hmm. I I genuinely don't know how I missed that. Like <laughs> I I I did like I know I knew of Mage Hand Press because uh, we. Uh, Spotlit, actually, one of the products that you guys do uh, a while ago, it was the the Mimic book. Oh, nice. um, oh yeah, yeah. That th- I think that was how we ended up following you, and, and you ended up following us. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know how the heck I missed that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I, but the internet's well, huge. Well, I can tell you why you missed it two years ago. So um, before I came on. I was a fan of Mage Hand Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a fan of Mage Hand Press because I was playing an Artificer before the uh, finished version came out. Um, the UA version left much to be desired. <laughs> and Allie knows all about that. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I really liked the character I was playing until we got into combat every single mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And, and so I started looking for fixes and alternatives and, you know, Whatnot, I eventually stumble upon a little blog called uh, Middle Finger Vecna, and it has uh, <laughs> this craftsman class. And I check it out and it's like, this is better than everything that Watsi has published on this uh, topic for the past 10 years, including 3.5. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, uh, so I, I mean, like, you know, not, not to crap talk Watsi, that's how just I get you. I, in how how high regard I held this class as a fan, um, mm-hmm. so I immediately buy it. Uh, the the because uh, I saw the free version and the free version was good, so buy the paid version, look it up, play it. Uh, mm-hmm. End up joining the Patreon and and then in turn the Discord, um, talking, get to talk with the writers, other fans, blah 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 blah. Uh, fast forward a few months later. Um, Dark matter kickstarters or you know rumblings are starting to happen. I am excited. D and D in space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the Kickstarter launches, and it's clear about a weekend that it's not going to get funded. It's going to oh. stop at like twenty four of the twenty five thousand that needed to be done. So uh, I have some experience uh, professionally in marketing, social uh, media marketing, things like that. So I was like, all right, I'm. I'm a real big nerd and I really want this book. So here's a 10 step plan on how to make sure that your Kickstarter gets funded. Mike, you should do this stuff. Mm, he did not. Um, <laughs> so I, I gave him like you know, a day or two and I was just like, Hey, so I understand you're really busy. I've simplified the plan. Here's five steps. Um, waited a couple days. Mm-hmm. Did not do it. And I was like, Mike, I really want this book. If you're not going to market this book, uh, I will do it. Just give give me the login to your Twitter account that you don't use, uh, please. And and can you please give me some form of a marketing budget 
to make ads. So I was given um, $1,000 um, and I was given the, uh, you know, access to the, to the Twitter account and mm-hmm. took it from uh, completely inactive where it was basically just, you know, posting essentially robot spam post of like, mm-hmm. there is a new blog article posted on the <laughs> blog. Here is a link uh, to, you know, interacting with the community, joining the community at large, uh, sponsoring a couple stream the a couple streams that I could afford to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with, oh yeah, with with one whole thousand dollars, it it. I mean, I made it go farther than I than I thought it would be able to, but um, it worked. Uh, it took the the it from going to it was going to like fall short of the 25,000 goal to hitting every stretch goal that they had. Cause uh, yeah. to, which was 40, it was only 40,000 was the top of the um, stretch goals then. Cause um, they set reasonably low expectations considering. Just, just l- let, me, let me pause you there. You, you literally just said, I just made them $21,000. <laughs> like... <I> mean... <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, and, but you know, I'm, I am decent at what I do, but honestly, yeah. like the product is just, the product sells itself. You, you could get, uh, you know, you could give the book to a monkey to just like walk up to people and like the monkey doesn't have to say anything. The book is just pretty. And you know, just, I'm going to be real. If a monkey walked up to me with that cool ass book in their hand, that'd be my favorite monkey. I know like, you're a cool ass monkey. <laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately um, Mike and Machian press needed someone that was going to go and say, Hey, look at this cool thing. And mm-hmm. so while I do have some skills in it, ultimately what made the product successful was it, you just have to look at it for like five seconds to know it's a dang good product. Mm-hmm. Um, Very true. Yeah. So I, I, you know, don't want to toot my own horn too, too much. <laughs> um, hey, that was fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so let, let, let's, let's get in. So you were there you know, hearing the rumblings out from, from the beginning. So I, I feel like you're, you know, you're also the community manager. So you're probably a good source of this. What is dark matter for people who don't know? So dark matter um, is quite literally D and D in space. So uh, I kind of have like this personal theory about a five E product versus a D and D product. Now, legally, when we put stuff on the book, we, they all say five E instead of mm-hmm. D and D. But um, I would call, you know, everything that Cobalt Press makes, everything Machine Press makes, everything Sterling Vermin makes, um, Sina Una from uh, Seer Sword and HTT Paladin. Uh, these are all D&D products where these are products designed to take uh, what already exists in 5e and expand it rather than replace it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas yeah. a product like Spy Game, which is super cool uh, from uh, Black Hat Games, um it's completely insulated where spy game is its own game built off of 5e but does not interact with you know anything that exists yeah. outside of it um and so that's that's what dark matter is it's a D product where you're taking you know if you want to play a fighter or a barbarian running around with a battle axe you can you can also play a you know robot with a gatling gun and <laughs> 
we've we've been very careful to balance like we've provided all sorts of new cool options like blasters and laser swords and stuff but we wanted to make sure that they were balanced so that um your fantasy options and the pre-existing classes and subclasses and things aren't invalidated by what mm-hmm. we're offering i noticed that re- reading through the book there there is definitely a lot of interacting with what is already there and i mean some of the stuff that's even in the book i'm like i could just drop that into my like fantasy non-sci-fi game and that would work uh uh, ali do you you get a chance i know i know busy with school and work did you get a chance to to look through (laughs) the book yeah yeah i did like i 100 agree with that like um recently we were talking about looking into like an eberron campaign kind of thing and mm. i was like can i can my character have a gun and they're like yeah sure and so we go look at what the gun options are in the dmg and oh. they're they're lacking <laughs> <laughs> and like not only are they lacking but it feels like so out of place if you mm-hmm. try to put it anywhere but like compare that to what you guys have done in uh dark matter it feels more like just an easier transition into that concept of like playability <laughs> instead of just I, I, dropping a gun into the situation. Yeah. Like I, I mean, again, no, no, no offense to wizards, uh, but I, <laughs> I, I can't. Okay. I understand what I'm going to say. There's offense to it. But like when I looked at the gun things in DMG, I'm like, this kind of feels like an afterthought. Um, But when I saw it in, when I saw the, like the blasters and stuff in the equipment part of this book, I'm like that. Yep. Yeah, that looks like what I was picturing. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, well, I mean, like, I feel like the the DMG options that were in there aren't necessarily an afterthought, but more so of like here's examples. But even though it's like the only time in the DMG where it's like, n- it's like that's those are examples versus everything else in there is mm-hmm. like here are actual options. <laughs> yeah. So I get that. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to find this laser sword because I wanted to talk about <laughs> it real quick. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, no. Um, I I saw I saw a video that was on YouTube that uh, you and Mike uh, were on, and uh, I was just like, "Are there lightsabers?" They're like, "There's a laser sword." And I was like, "There's." <laughs> <a light." laughs> yep, you know yeah, we've the- got those legally distinct laser swords. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's actually something that I want to talk about. Was that like um, reading through this? I like got so many vibes of. Um, other properties and I don't mean that in in a bad way I mean that you know, like oh I see I see like what this is kind of like going from or like where the idea kind of came from and it and it gave the game or gave the setting more of a um, more familiarity mm-hmm. yeah um, I, I, I you know I'm gonna probably bring up Starfinder a few times in here because it, it is very much the competing thing to it but like with Starfinder I felt freaking lost the whole time looking at this i'm like okay the what a planet disappeared there's a space to, who are these people what is this i don't understand what this is and this yeah. one like you guys open up with lore just mm-hmm. a bunch of lore and i'm like i'm here for this this and is what i want the lore isn't intimidating though because like you mentioned there's that familiarity to it mm-hmm. and so there's that uh jumping that base jump that you can get so that way it's not totally intimidating just going into this mm-hmm. book. Like, like open it up and see like, like the first thing is the verse. I'm like, I don't, I like Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> they 
say that in Firefly. I know. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, it was a lot of fun to like come up with all that kind of stuff. And, oh yeah. Um, like, I mean, I know that the audience can't see this, but you know the the lore only covers the first like forty pages of the book. Um, oh. Of well, three hundred. <laughs> So if we look at oh, true. you know if we look at Eberron or Theros or Ravnica and whatnot these are these are you know neat books but if you're lucky you got one or two uh, mm-hmm. player options may, maybe three if you're like really really lucky mm-hmm. um, and then everything else is DM so it's it's a lot of lore there's some monster blocks more lore maybe maybe a starter adventure and that's that's i don't want to say that's about it because that undercuts like you know the writing that goes into those books but yeah um with with dark matter yeah we've got those those like 40 pages of lore and then after that we get into well you know here's subclasses for you know two or three subclasses for every base class in dnd in addition to subclasses for uh the base classes that we've made. Uh, mm-hmm. Then after that, it moves on into feats. And then, you know, after feats, new backgrounds and then new equipment and then new magic items. And then well, uh, re- real quick, the, the feats thing that I like, I was looking through the book and, you know, I'm enjoying it. The feats is the part that I was like, stop dead at. So I was like, yes, <laughs> right. I, 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 I love feats. L- listeners know yeah. I love a feat. I've straight up said nine times out of 10, I'm taking a feat. and so you guys got general feats in there Mm -hmm. and then faction feats so you have ones that are like baked into the setting which i love and then roll feats which blew my mind on i'm like oh my god i didn't even think of like that kind of possibility Mm -hmm. so yeah like my i i i devoured that part of the book (laughs) i was reading every word i was like what do you get when what is this i love it (laughs) Um, my my favorite Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, I mean, like, it's it's kind of like I appreciate how your book is set up, like Dark Matter is set up because you were saying it is true. Like the other setting books are kind of set up like a textbook and take it from someone who is going into school right now. It's <laughs> it's like you get it's it's a textbook for a DM because yeah. the first two pages are like, OK, here's the overall setting pretext that the players can read cool okay and then the next 10 pages are character options and that's it and the rest of it if you want to run a game you should know about the rest of that book because it's like especially with eberron i feel like that one's just a super meaty book when it comes to lore with not too much available to the players even though it's one of like the most player option available of the setting books i would say but Mm -hmm. it still felt like in order to really play in this game, there's a lot of work on the DM side. Whereas like with dark matter, it feels like it, you, it, you come together to build this game based off of uh, who people decide to be. And mm-hmm. like, I've always said that D and D is like a coordinated effort between DMS and players on building mm-hmm. the world. And the fact that you have so many player options to help get the players into this new setting them is mm-hmm. like that's that really nails the like hammers in the nail on the head when it comes to a setting book for me it's 
yeah, as soon as as soon as I saw it, I was like, "This is this is perfect." I'm who needs that Star Wars RPG? I'm good with this. <laughs> hey, I don't know about that. You, so, you. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: because uh, so outside of the faction feats, mm-hmm. um, the mechanics and the lore are completely divorced from one another. Mm-hmm. So it allows you to play games other than just dark matter with our sci-fi rules. In fact, there's literally been streams of people playing Warhammer 40 K. Whoa. I've seen people, uh, people have told me they've played star Trek, star Wars, red dwarf, mass effect. (laughs) Um, red dwarf. Wait, 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 who's stream. Who are you out there (laughs) streaming a red dwarf, dark matter, D and D convert. I need to see you. So, yeah, I mean, like, you can play our lore, and I encourage you to, because it's fun. But if you want to play in your your favorite um, universe without learning a new rule set, because, yeah, like, there is a Firefly TTRPG. Yes, there is an Expanse TTRPG, Star Wars RPG, etc. But I know I have a full-time job on top of Mm Magian Press. I have very limited time to learn other setting, you know, other games. Now, since becoming, you know, community manager of Mage Hand Press, I have learned a couple new systems because mm-hmm. um, the opportunities presented itself. But if, um, you know, outside of like special circumstance, I don't have the time to, to learn all of these systems. And that's not to say that they're bad or wrong, yeah. but yeah. it's, I mean, if if I can play the game I want to play without having to learn new rules, I'm going to do that every time. It's true. 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's what I said last week, Trevor, when we were talking about transitioning from D&D games. Mm. I, dis- I have such an immediate reactive dislike of playing a different <laughs> RPG because I, I know D&D very well. And mm-hmm. if I don't know it, Spencer knows it and he can just <laughs> rules lawyer at me so I don't need to know anything in particular and so it's like learning a whole new RPG even though I really love the setting and the concept it's from like the Star Wars RPG it's still like in a weird way like safer for me to stick with D&D because I know it mm-hmm. and like I can, can, yeah I can get that same concept for like Starfinder too like uh it's it's a neat system but it's because it's such a crunchier kind of system it feels like it took a lot more effort whereas like this is like i already know it (laughs) that actually is something i wanted to bring up though uh for me that i noticed between starfinder and this one and something that i really love that mage hand press did um that i was looking at the new stuff you guys did i would like that uh the book stays keeps that that uh, wizards of the coast thing where like we wanted to keep the numbers small and that mm-hmm. seems to still be a thing because like so like you've got freaking you know planet sized dragons and turtle <laughs> space planets and stuff and they have health points and i'm like how the hell you do a health point for a, a turtle planet and so <laughs> the concept of mega hit points and it's so easy of just like one mega hit point is 100 normal hit points and it's mm-hmm. that easy yeah. And it's it's like, you know, just three numbers on, on the stat block. You don't have to have like a freaking billion numbers on there with some weird prime number at the end because for some <laughs> reason it came to that. Um, like, <laughs> so it, 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 it was nice to see that that was still it, it. It felt like I was still reading a Wizards of the Coast product. And mm-hmm. I, I I know that's a weird thing to look for when I'm looking at like other D&D stuff, but like it it. 
it has that sense of comfort where I'm just like, oh, I know this. I know what I'm looking for. I know what I'm looking at. And uh, um, and yeah, like you were saying, like how it's not, you know, dependent on the lore. Mm-hmm. That being said, like I was reading the lore and I'm like, I'm keeping that. I'm keeping that. Mm-hmm. I'll change that. I'm going to keep that. Like I was doing the full DM thing where I'm just like, I'm already <laughs> planning how I'm going <laughs> to use this. <laughs> and another fun thing about our lore specifically is we we state um, that basically the verse is big enough that any existing setting that you're familiar with could easily exist within the verse <laughs> because uh, you know basically we we can't say that you can travel to certain copyrighted um, <laughs> uh, but we can imply it. Uh, yeah. That's very and, true. Very true. And, and yeah, so like that's one of the fun things is you can start playing around with mixing things up where um, we, we talked briefly when we were first started talking on Twitter about how uh, when I was playtesting with Dark Matter and running games, I would take an entire fantasy party in you know, at the end of either a, a pre-written adventure or, you know, one of my homebrew shenanigans, crash a ship in there, um, which to to t- describe a ship in purely fantasy terms so that it's not <laughs> inherently obvious that there's a spaceship in front of the party requires prep. And I'm I'm a uh, improv DM. So it mm-hmm. was something that I had to uh, practice. But when I could trick the party into to going into sci-fi without realizing it and then like they get like two or three sessions in and then they're like wait a minute <laughs> this is sci-fi I'm like wait, when did you sneak the sci-fi into my fantasy uh and it's just like it, i love it oh, it, was, it was so great and what was one of the reasons why i did that was an opportunity to kind of like stealthily test to see how the uh, fantasy things lined up against the sci-fi things when mm-hmm. people don't uh, with, with people's minds not being um, uh, affected by the, the idea that they have worse weapons because they're mm-hmm. technologically disadvantaged mm-hmm. while they're just dealing with uh, you know magical enemies and that's something that they're familiar with so they don't immediately have a knee-jerk reaction to something being more powerful or weaker because of um that difference in genre um so that was a handy thing there and also it was just fun storytelling um oh yeah mm mm-hmm Oh, yeah, yeah no, like- the, 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 this is this is one of those books like I was telling you, we've been talking on Twitter for the past few days. This is one of those <laughs> books where I'm just like, my mind is going. I, I am seeing possibilities. I'm seeing ways to, to mess with my players. To, and and I, I'm loving it. I'm loving mm-hmm. it. <laughs> being from that side, like being on the player side of hearing a spaceship being described to you in the most fantasy terms possible is the f- most fun thing that can happen to a player. Because <laughs> Trevor and I had the wonderful... Uh, <laughs> we, we we were going through a Pathfinder game and all of a sudden oh, our God. DM was describing to us this, this uh, it looked like it was made out of metal, but it looks like a bot. It was like he was doing it a lot better than I was, but essentially mm-hmm. he was trying to describe a tank to us without <laughs> actually describing a tank. Mm-hmm. And he's like, suddenly it looks like it launched a fireball out and we're like, oh God. And so we, <laughs> we don't realize it until like a half hour after we have to deal with these things. And it, when it clicked, it was such a fun moment for all the players. I just remember <laughs> everyone standing up and go, what do you mean we're in Russia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just driving> landmines. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I can't I can't wait to be until they realize it's like, what do you mean we're on a spaceship? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a cool opportunity as a player to get those moments. And oh, this yeah. book sets you up so hard to just spike them in for your players. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, well, let's... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, one thing that I really like about, uh, you know, Dark Matter over, say, Starfinder, not to knock Starfinder, um, it it definitely has its uh, its place in the TTRPG space for good reason. Um, But, you know, Pathfinder and Starfinder don't play nice together. You know, they're inspired by the same system, but ultimately separate. So... One of the things that threw me and a number of uh, my friends off of Starfinder before I was part of Machine Press was like we knew Pathfinder, so one of one of our friends picked up Starfinder. We looked at it and been like, "Wait a minute, nothing. Everything's different. What what's happening here?" And <laughs> that was something that when um, Dark Matter was being built, I was very happy to see that the team already, you know, cause again, I came on late to the project, but mm-hmm. uh, the team was very adamant to make sure that this was complementary rather than a replacement. And that's something that I've yeah. um, really liked about the product, uh, both as a fan and now as a uh, business partner. <laughs> <laughs> but quick, quick funny story about, about Starfinder. a year before that game got announced when we were playing that first edition Pathfinder game, I told the, I told the DM of that game, I'm like, I guarantee you, Paizo is going to make a sci-fi Pathfinder game. They're going to call it Starfinder. It's going to act as a beta for their second (laughs) edition, which they're going to release years later. And he's like, no, you're insane. That's never going to happen. And then. I'm just saying. Called it. Um, but no, that well, what what you got me thinking about there was, um, sorry, Dusty, I'm going to ruin something. I'm very, I, I apologize, but it, it's relevant. He talked to me at one point about wanting to run a game where uh, it was people in Starfinder in the future, kind of going uh, Assassin's Creed Animus style into the past and have it be Pathfinder. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds really freaking cool. You would have to have two completely different character sheets and that would suck (laughs) a mindset Mm -hmm. of two different games (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. um but with this you could 100 percent do that you could 100 percent do your assassin's creed animus adventure i think that'd be awesome (laughs) you wouldn't need to change any kind of numbers yeah just get dusty to you know get dark matter instead oh i I will i'll I'll hype him up on that (laughs) what am i talking about dusty's living right now and he's already hyped i know you're hyped dusty All right, let's uh let's pause real quick. Well, sort of. Uh we're going to do our DC Spotlight of the Week and that's going to be there is a Kickstarter right now from Mage Hand Press for the Dark Matter Starter Kit. Mm-hmm. Um the next topic is going to be all about the starter kit, but real quick, uh, uh Justin, why don't you pitch this Kickstarter? All right. So obviously we've already got the core book. Um so that, you know, that was like super cool, super great, 300 pages. D&D in space. Well, not everyone's played 5th edition. Um, and not everyone wants to spend money on the Player's Handbook, the DMG. Um, and the SRD, quite frankly, is not the best tool for teaching <laughs> people how to play the game. So we decided, D&D, you know, 
Dark Matter Starter Kit was something that we needed to do. Uh, the, and this was solidified when we were at C2E2 in Chicago. Um, and, you know, we were there because Critical Role was there. There was a lot of critters, sold a ton of books, but there was a lot of people that were really excited about our book until they realized that they needed three other books to play mm. our game. Ah. So what we did was we went back and we've developed a, you know, dark matter basic rule set, which is, you know, inspired by the um, essentials kit for, you know, regular D and D and, you know, just modified to include some of the dark matter rules, which for a veteran player is really handy because it's a condensed, compressed, quick reference guide for when you need to, you know, reference something like how ship mechanics work or, um, you know, some, uh, not all, but some of the spells, uh, blasters, how they work, etc. So mm-hmm. instead of having, you know, six people with a 300 page thick heckin book, at the table, <laughs> um, you can have like this, you know, soft cover, uh, 60 page uh, guide that you can easily flip through. Now, so that's that's like step one. Uh, part two of this thing is that we have Conspiracy in the Stars, which is a freaking cool adventure. It is a neo-noir mystery that was written by a fantastic team, uh, including um, Jonathan Fry, McKenzie de Armas. Um, we've got Charlie from Encounter Roleplay. Um, uh, Simon from Wandering DM, and they have crafted this really, really cool sci-fi mystery adventure that plays up on all of those, you know, like film noir, neo noir uh, oh, tropes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's real good. I'm, I'm so <laughs> excited for people to see it. And then um, let's start good. On top of that. This thing's going to include a DM screen because who doesn't love a DM screen? I love it. Um, uh, battle maps, tokens, dice, everything you need to play the game right in the box of pre oh, generated characters. Nice. That, that are designed to uh, go from level three to level five uh, so that like you actually have on your character sheet already filled out and you can just check boxes as you hit the levels to, so you know exactly what abilities you have without having to reference anything other than that character sheet. Um, nice yeah so it makes it really easy to get into the game and follow along with what's going on um with these pre-generated characters and then we'll also you know obviously we'll have some blank character sheets in there as well for people who Mm want to make their own characters but yeah it's this box is value Um, oh yeah uh the the thing that 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 i wanted to round out the spotlight with is that like uh, you if you just if you just want a pdf of all this just to play it uh (laughs) you can get it on this kickstarter for 15 dollars uh the uh the actual box one uh goes uh is at 30 which it sounds like you got a lot of content in there so that is well worth that um (laughs) and there's a lot of stretch goals that we can or uh extra stuff after that we can talk about in the next topic but i did want to spotlight that just you know get here in the middle of it go check out this kickstarter right now while you're listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. multitasking is a thing uh uh, i meant on your phone not you i know you can multitask i'm not saying anything about you um but uh (laughs) <laughs> like I'm just talking to the person listening to this, just Joe Schmo sitting there. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, so go check out this Kickstarter uh, right now. But we are going to keep talking about it for topic two because there's a lot of talk about it in here. There are several mm-hmm. stretch goals and uh, uh, different tiers and whatnot. So what we, what's what we got wider out from just that base uh, that that kit? Yeah. So uh, the next tier up from the starter kit is uh, the Dark Matter Core book again. Uh, so we printed the book and started shipping it out in december of Mm -hmm. last year we sold out almost immediately oh man (laughs) (laughs) yeah we uh, i i want to say we sold out in it was either may or june um so we uh we needed to get more books out there because people keep demanding it and uh, (laughs) i don't know if you've ever done a print run of books uh, it ain't it ain't cheap. I, I don't imagine <laughs> it is. What's funny is uh, Allie and I were texting today. She was like, "Oh, dang it! The hardcover sold out on their site." <laughs> yeah. Nope. Well, fortunately, problem solved. It's on the Kickstarter as the fifty dollars tier, um, and in fact, it's a better value than it would have been on the store because it wouldn't normally come with the PDF. Oh, um, nice. For yeah, and then once you go up from the fifty dollars uh, tier. Uh, you can actually save five bucks by doing the starter bundle and get the both the starter kit and the uh, dark matter book. So you can you know have both, save five bucks, um, and I have, that one. You know, have <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was looking through. I'm just like, where's the hardcover? There it is. I'm getting that. <laughs> I get that in the starter kit. Sweet, let's go. <laughs> Um, and then we do have some premium tiers after that, where we got to work with some fantastic people like Level Up Dice, uh, Wormwood, yeah. um, and Rook and Raven. Um, so uh, the so the the next one, let's see. So the deluxe subcase. I'm looking at this thing there. That is uh, pretty cool looking, and it doesn't make great podcasting. But and uh, <laughs> um, did you did you guys get anyone special, or is this like an in house design? In house design, actually. That's we have. Nice. Our art team is ridiculously talented. Um, we have six different artists. Uh, our head artist, uh, Martin Kirby, did basically all of the design for the the starter kit, like box and the in the Tower Vault deluxe slipcase, mm-hmm. um, as well as the covers for both the the uh, Conspiracy in the Stars and the Dark Matter book. So. The the Conspiracy in the Stars uh, cover, and you guys are getting a, you have a poster available for for an add on. It looks so good. It's got that that's got that noir feel to it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it, the, he did such a good job of designing it to look like a classic movie poster, but mm-hmm. then at the same time, like make sure that the the sci fi vibes were going strong in it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. Um. So you guys, you guys teamed up with, like you said, level up dice. So mm-hmm. like, how how was getting all that stuff together for this? Like, it was so cool. Oh, so yeah? <laughs> I mean, like C two E two was actually incredibly influential on this entire Kickstarter. Um, when we were there, made friends with a number of people at all of these companies, and you know, uh, which allowed us to you know start talking with them like. Hey, you know, want to want to make some cool stuff with us? So, <laughs> uh, you know, I was speaking with the people at Level Up Dice and getting, you know, figuring out, you know, what, what kind of material, the color, the font, uh, the symbol on the twenty and the six um, on the respective dice. Uh, that was a whole lot of fun. You know, 
coming up with those ideas and then seeing what they came back with. Um, and the dice are so they're very beautiful. Pretty. They're very uh, <laughs> so happy with them. And um, then with wormwood, I got you know got to you know pick the wood and like which of the dark matter logos to put on it and size and all that jazz. And uh, they ended up sending us like four different vaults uh, to, you know, like pick from and stuff. And so good. So good. (laughs) Um, And, and yeah, and um, Rook and Raven, uh, lovely people haven't seen the, the finalized design for the captain's log yet, but I'm very excited to see it when everyone else does. Yeah, um, uh, they're, they're the ones that do the, the disc journals. bound. Yeah. The, yeah. The is, is this one going to be the, the disc system as well? Yeah. It's going to be basically like the essential uh, campaign diary, except with a dark matter character sheet and a ship character sheet built into it. I love that. Mm, Take it from cool. someone who has, personally built one of those <laughs> that, that makes such a crazy difference in your game and just how having everything organized in one spot absolutely like, Allie goes all out on her character sheets like she she shows up <laughs> you know the second game and has like this mini binder she's perfectly printed out all the sheets to be small enough to fit in it she's got like sheets to write on top of it. and i'm over here with my just paper character she's like oh um don't don't look at my bed. Head, head. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to keep my sheet below the, below the table. <laughs> just kind of like put your arm here. And- yeah. <laughs> exactly. That that's freaking cool. I actually missed that part. I didn't see the Rook and Raven thing. That's really mm-hmm. freaking cool because mm-hmm. I, I haven't, I haven't gotten a chance to get one of their products, but I've definitely drilled over their website a few times. Yeah. You, as you should. And if you, <laughs> If you see a booth at a con, I highly recommend picking one up there. They usually have cool, you know, con exclusive covers every single time. Uh, um, whenever we yeah. get to a con again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, maybe 2050. Yeah, you know, maybe somewhere around there. I'll have a full head of gray by the time I'm able to actually uh, social network. Um, <laughs> um, so... Why don't we? Uh, so the, those are the those are the tiers and some of the cool stuff. What's what's some of the you guys got stretch goals going on? That uh, thing? Yeah, so we've been uh, smashing past those, uh, which has been pretty cool. <laughs> um, so we we've got all sorts of kind of uh, stretch goals that we've hit so far. Like the first one was um, some new maps that you can get as an add-on, um, at, followed by which we call that one the space battle bundle. And it's going to be like a giant double-sided four-page fold-out uh, battle map with some extra tokens for ship combat. I actually wanted to ask you real quick about the tokens. I don't know if you guys got yeah. this designed. I don't know how Kickstarters work. I've never done one. I apologize. Um, <laughs> are are the tokens going to be like like lay flat on them? Or are they going to be like the the, the path like Paizo ones where they're like standing up on the little clip? You got we, haven't idea? Des- we haven't decided yet. Uh, okay. I have okay. a feeling we'll land on... Uh, tokens that lay flat because then we can recycle those for a uh, virtual tabletop. Admittedly. Yeah, true. I also uh, just heavily prefer those. <laughs> fair. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still working out exactly how we want to do that. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But well, we well, have you, been... you, you tell them my Trevor's vote from difficulty classes. For flat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass it along. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I, I love those. So I still have my fourth edition ones. Like mm-hmm. I, I bought all the fourth edition tokens that were available, and I just, I hold them like my firstborn child. I'm like, no one touches them except for me. <laughs> Stay away. I can't get these anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> uh, so after the space battle bundle, uh, we hit uh, Grax's club. And that is going to be like these comedic uh, interconnected mini adventures. Like you can probably get through them in one to two sessions, probably at each one. So the first one is written by Mike, a head writer, and it's going to be like kind of like a a big game hunt sort of thing. Um, And then the, and then after that, we've got ones being developed again by Donathan Fry and Mackenzie de Armas. And then also uh, Lily Sparks, who, uh, if you have seen her in anything on stream, she's hilarious and entertaining. Mm. And I can't wait for y'all to see the ideas that they're coming up with. I, I I can't remember which one of them said it, but I saw one of them tweet out when you hit that goal. But it was just like, I get to write about giant Max. <laughs> <laughs> Kinsey, uh, that was once we hit the uh, 100k goal. Oh, okay. Which, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the 35k uh, goal for the Grax's Club. And then after that, some additional maps and tokens at 40k. Nice. Uh, reference cards at 50k for spells, mm-hmm. hazards, ship combat, familiars. Oh, tarot size uh, uh, ones as well. That's cool. I love mm-hmm. it. And then, uh, as as we were very excited about, uh, the 100K, which is the one that we've most recently hit, um, is a full mecha campaign. Uh, you know, let, let, you know, think, uh, you know, all your favorite mecha anime, whether it's Macross, Gundam, Voltron, Zoids, whatever. And now smash that against Apocalypse Now. And you've kind of got an idea of what's going to be happening here. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's that sounds be... like an 8th MS team for my old anime nerds out there. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you about this this uh, writing crew that we've got on this. So uh, we've got Jack Quaid, which you might recognize him from a show called Amazon's The Boys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, which, so he's part of this fantastic podcast that um, is, it's an actual play, super high quality. They're called The Hero Club. And uh, definitely give them a listen. A mm-hmm. uh, while back when they first asked us for input on what they should do to make their podcast better, the, one of the first things we said is stop editing your podcast so well. It no longer sounds like an actual play. It sounds like it's scripted because it's so good. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was, I mean, like, it's its really, really good. And we've had kind of this uh, working relationship with them for a while now where, like, we would write stat blocks and stuff for them, post them on the blog to kind of, like, give them some publicity. They would run our stuff on their podcast um, and tell cool stories with our um, with our, our pirate book, our, um, you know, our Lovecraft book, this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. Um, so, yeah, and then once, once uh, season one of the boys came out, I was just like, wait a minute. 
he's familiar. <laughs> and I realized, and it clicked. I was like, wait a minute, I know this guy. Uh, <laughs> um, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, and then we've got uh, Gabe Hicks, or on Twitter, uh, better known as Gabe James Games, is going to be writing on this, as well as uh, Donathan Fry and Mackenzie DeArmas again. Nice. So the absolute top-notch writing crew on this adventure. I'm so thrilled to see what they do and where they take this thing. Real quick, I gotta ask because I, I I didn't I couldn't find it, but I'm also not that smart. Um, are are the mechas in the base book? They are. They are in page one. I think it's eighty one. Oh, Golden Pals are getting the Gundam. Golden Pals <laughs> are getting a Gundam. <laughs> well, uh, you know, take take a look at page one eighty. And uh, I think you'll be real happy. <laughs> I, I will do that as you keep talking about the Kickstarters. Uh, fair enough. So uh, we're, we're about halfway from 100K to the uh, 150K stretch goal, which is going to be monster cards. They're going to be tarot sized again, full art for number of monsters and NPCs. Ooh, um, Allie likes her a monster mm-hmm, card. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is going to be really cool because we do have a lot of art in the book, uh, but we don't have art for you know 50 plus monsters that we're going to be putting on these cards. So there's going to be a lot of monsters that are going to get put on these cards that haven't had art yet. So nice. This, mm-hmm. so, I yeah, love this that. Is be, and, which is why we had to put this thing so high is because... Yeah. Um, uh, we we pay our artists fairly, so <laughs> concept. Wow. Yeah, yeah. When when you're paying artists, you know, fairly, you know, it art gets expensive. Yeah, but you but want uh, good art, yeah. it, it you pay for what you get. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and uh, I mean, it was actually kind of funny. Like some of the artists, we've we've had to argue with them to pay them more than they were asking for. <laughs> no. No, you are worth more than ten dollars an hour. Shut up. Take twenty. Uh, <laughs> good on you guys. Thank you for that's doing that. really good to hear. <laughs> Thank. I mean, it like, and I think it's why our artists are fairly loyal to us. Is I mean, while they are technically freelancers by choice, um, we can regularly rely on them to, you know, put us as. I don't know if if we actually are. Uh, their number one priority, but we certainly feel like it uh, <laughs> as quickly as they get back to us. Um, so it, you know, it, it's been really nice to have this relationship, and you know, it, it's a relationship where we get to um, co-create with them. So we we don't give them very strict prompts. We'll be like, hey, we kind of need like, you know, this kind of thing, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes you know they'll they'll send us back you know, here's, here's what I was thinking. And we say, Oh no, we need to make some changes. But a lot of times we'll take their idea and completely change what we were doing based on the art they come back to us with. Um, and we recently took that idea to the extreme. Uh, one of our artists, Monique, um, we had her just draw a whole bunch of cats and, um, and uh, it's, it's called Fantastic Felines. And it was, we just had her draw, like, come up with some cool, weird magic cats. And she did. And then we went back and then we wrote the lore and the stat blocks based on the art that she brought to us. That's cool. I love that. 
And that's something like that's the oh, kind man, of relationship. That's breaking my writer like, brain. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, like to go to someone and be like, "Hey, draw this for our fantasy world," and then you get it back, and you're like, "Oh, I'm writing about this now." Of your, the, the where did the idea go? It's so cool. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was that was a really really fun project. Um, we we might go back and expand it at some point, but uh, we're we're really happy with it. But back to dark matter. <laughs> also, I, r- real quick, uh, I, I got distracted when you were talking about cats, but uh, the, I, I found the frames, and oh, oh my god, the oh, you found the max. The, these are so cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> these are so freaking cool. Like when and, I see someone, it's like ranged weapon, a thousand feet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's infernal machines in hell. Why can't there be mechs? <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no worries. No worries. Um, I mean, I was, I was just gonna say, like, uh, you know, nobody read too deeply into, um, you know, one hundred Oni with that statement. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's this in the description about an infernal plot brewing? <laughs> what? Um, uh, so let's see. Uh, 200k was a roll so this is roll 20 module so is this one oh it's for conspiracy of the stars in roll Mm -hmm. 20 yeah so uh them or another vtt if we can't uh get things to work uh there um so we do have a contract to get our things up on roll 20 it's just a matter of um you know getting everything you know programmed in and whatnot Mm -hmm. uh and that, that takes some steps even after like the signing of the contract um, for products and stuff like that and blah, 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 complicated legal. Blah, blah, <laughs> oh, blah. I get you. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're, we're prepared to go another direction just in case uh, we will, we're going to have more solid answers by the time we get to uh, 200 K. Awesome. And let's mm-hmm. see, you, you guys right now are at uh, 124,000 uh, uh, with a asking of 25. Have to say you smashed that pretty good. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Um, yep. Yeah, no, the, the, this was like, again, like I, last week, this time last week, I didn't know about Dark Matter. And mm-hmm. like now, you know. One got you're here on the podcast, but like I'm like all in this. I'm like I love this. This is freaking great. <laughs> well, let me get you even a little bit more excited about this oh, project. Oh, oh, I'm yeah. listening. So, I'm listening, Justin. 200k is not the last stretch goal. Ooh. Oh, breaking news. Yeah. So, um, at so right now, uh, Grax's Club and 100 to Oni are going to be print to play adventures with like really good line art, but line mm-hmm. art. If we hit 300k, um, Grax's club goes from print to play line art to physical book with full colored, full rendered art. 400k, 100 Oni gets the same treatment. Oh, I love me a print adventure. And uh, we haven't, because we didn't expect the Kickstarter to go as well as quickly as it did. We are now looking and exploring and figuring out what we're going to do if we hit 500k. Uh, <laughs> doesn't hurt to think ahead. Does not hurt. Um, well, those those two are extremely exciting. Um, and I, I 
can't imagine what you guys are going to come up with if you hit a hundred five hundred k. Oh my god. Um, so so let, 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 let me let me ask you this one. So uh, you 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 said that you've done some writing for Mage Hampers. Have you have you gotten anything in here? Yeah. If you uh, turn to page two hundred and forty seven, you're going to mm-hmm. see the Wismos. Wismos. Uh, these... right. Did you make those? I did. <laughs> oh my god okay so so for context for listeners who who can't see who are everyone um so <laughs> i'm scrolling through i'm looking through this book and i'm going through showing my wife adorable freaking pictures of croc dogs and stuff like that that are just the cutest damn thing mm-hmm. i'm getting mesmerized by by giant space dragons and stuff like that and then i get to the w's and there is this picture of a soda can with these microscopic little robots next to them that look like they are both here to help and up to no good all at the same time. <laughs> and they're called Wismos. I'm like, this is my favorite thing ever. I'm putting these in everything from now on forever. You made these? <laughs> I did. I did. Um, so basically my pitch when I first started writing them was, what if I took the minions from Despicable Me and the <laughs> microbots from Big Hero 6 and smushed them together. Yes. (laughs) So they are a chaotic, self-replicating tiny robots that that swarm together. Now, their their lore is there's an archfey chilling in the fey wild, seeing all this technology and stuff and being like, man, this makes too much sense. It's like too orderly. Uh, And we need some chaos here. Wismos. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> so Wismos are introduced to the material plane and they have in them like this innate desire to have a master. And there's a number of theories on why this is. Maybe it's because they were created by this archfey. Uh, maybe it's just some, you know, sick joke. Who knows? Um, but they can imprint on somebody that they deem worthy and they'll follow that person around uh no matter what you go to another plane give it a minute and they'll materialize right next to you (laughs) oh my Uh, god (laughs) uh, you cannot escape them uh they're they're just there um and you know they'll they really want to help whoever they've you know determined is their master they really do but sometimes they get confused so you might be like hey I, i need a grenade and then they show up with like an apple or maybe the grenade has in the pin pulled already. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> that, that made me think of Janet from The Good Place. I was just gonna say, yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, um, the cactus. <laughs> and another fun thing about him is, uh, so you can get one Wismo as as a familiar, or you could have a swarm imprinted on you. But Wismos, when they are by themselves, are really stupid. You know, they might they might know like one or two things, but they're clueless on everything else. And then as a swarm, they start to get smarter, not because their their brains get bigger, but they communicate so quickly they can sort out who has the good idea among the swarm, you know, in seconds. So a bigger swarm can start thinking more complicated, complex ideas because they can sort those things out through <laughs> rapid discussion. You know, I love that because usually with swarm stats, they just get beefier or their health just gets doubled. I love how that's just like taking it. It's like, no, their their actual intelligence gets better, too. 
Uh, Ali, there there is an action on the swarm uh, stat that's just called hijinks. Oh my god! <laughs> the mob pulls a prank. <laughs> I love it. So good. No, that that's I can't believe it. I literally was gushed about these earlier, and you freaking made them. That's so good. And uh, my favorite part about them is when you have a swarm, they can form up Voltron style, but because they're so tiny, they make a small sized creature. <laughs> So you're telling me I can have a bunch of tiny robots Voltron into Baby Yoda? It's done! It's yep. <laughs> That's you know, they can square up against your halfling, you know? <laughs> do, do, you, do you know if we're going to see any any, uh, any Wizmos in the starter kit? Um, unfortunately, the advent... Well, actually, back up. The, the adventure itself does not have Wizmos in it. Uh, it does have their most hated rival, the Thwirl. Um, in it, uh, which the world is basically a, a space squirrel that eats electronics. Uh, and I ah. saw them up here. That mm-hmm. was one of the cute things I showed Tara. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are cute, but um, they they are very problematic because if you get one on the ship, one they can use their psionic abilities to essentially make themselves invisible to oh, people, geez. while they tear through your life support systems Ooh. and and breed rapidly uh. <laughs> so, so they're they're tribbles with arms and mouths <laughs> yep. that's so good i love it and uh we actually made a one-page rpg as one of the stretch goals called wismo wismo havoc where the party plays as wismos um <gasps> that are working together to stop a uh certain doom from happening on the ship while trying to evade uh, a thrill that is trying to eat them I love that. Listeners, I'm so glad you can't see my gushing face right now. (laughs) I'm just so happy with that. It's so good. (laughs) And yeah, if you go to the campaign page, you can actually download that one-page RPG right now if you just scroll down to the player points section. You know, that that was something I was going to bring up and ask about. So like player points. I, I mean, I know I personally have never seen that kind of system set up in a Kickstarter before, but it it's it's something really cool so it's like if you essentially do a lot of social mediaing about it you can earn points for the kickstarter and then that unlocks it's almost like their own separate stretch goals yeah exactly exactly what is going on there we wanted to you know not everyone can back with money um and you know even those that can back with money can also help by spreading the word um about the product uh, the project. So we wanted to reward and thank people for doing those things. So, you know, like um, us talking about dark matter right now is actually going to earn us some player points uh, to add to this, to unlock some things. But if other people are making podcasts and uh, YouTube videos and streams and TikToks and all that stuff, um, simply tweeting and retweeting, uh, showing off character art that they've done if they want to do a cosplay. Nice. Uh, it's, you know, there's so many things that people can do to contribute to these so that that even without spending a dime, and even if you don't back the project, you still can download these things for free and enjoy something neat. The the main, main part of me is just like, that's freaking awesome. And I, I love that concept. The social media manager part of me is like, that's very clever. And I love it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like that, that is, that's a really cool way to do it because people do this stuff anyways. Like I, mm-hmm. like, I mean, this is incentivizing it, but like, 
people tweet out about what they kickstart people talk about on like you know we would talk about on a podcast or something like that that is incentivizing it and and giving a goal for the community to do i think that's really cool Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so anything here at the end before we get into some listener questions that you want to add about the the kickstarter um I mean, I think that covers most of the things we've talked player points, stretch goals. Um, I mean, you know, we've hit most of the tiers that are available. I mean, there are some, you know, the there's the $155, $260 and $350 tier where it's just, you know, essentially adding the add-ons, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the, to everything. But um, I, I think that about covers it. Uh, oh, there is a free demo. Of the first mm. chapter of the adventure, as well as a copy of the basic rules and four of the pre-generated characters uh, that'll be available in the starter box. So you can check mm. that out. Maybe, nice. maybe, maybe we'll do something with that here on the show. Maybe. Who, who knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Unlock some player points. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's uh, go over. Uh, we got two listener questions uh, about uh, about Dark Matter on here. Um, go there. I should have had it open like a professional. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, first question comes from uh, a longtime listener, Hector Reyes, friend of the show. Uh, he says, hello, friends. I want to contribute a question since uh, it's been such a long time. Hey, there's no such thing as a long time. You, you send in questions when you want. Mm-hmm. Um, what is magic like in space? For example, how do spells like create food and water work in zero gravity or fireball? I'm genuinely excited by the possibilities, and I'm curious what dark matter presents with us. Well, uh, fortunately, um, 5e has already solved um, spells in 3D environments for us. Um, You know, a fireball isn't just a square. It's actually a cube. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, create food and water. I mean, when you create the food and water, it's going to be floating around in space because zero (laughs) cheese. That's going to be fun. You know, like when you see the uh, astronauts, you know, doing their thing with like drinking the water bubbles that are floating (laughs) around and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, we didn't actually have to create any rules on this, though we do have a cool system for when wizards are on spaceships uh, called mega spells. Uh, I don't know if you caught those or not. I didn't. But, uh, mega spells are how we make wizards relevant on a spaceship when spaceship combat's happening. So um, I'm going to back up a little bit and talk about uh, these ship combat system. Mm-hmm. Uh, here. Uh, we wanted to make it easy uh, for people and quick because that's what 5e combat is supposed to be easy and quick unless I will say this, it is much easier than starfinder spaceship combat <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm glad to hear that um so each player they pick a role like the captain the engineer etc you know pretty standard tropes here mm-hmm. and each role is going to have like different phrases that they can um say that function as the action they take and all of the players act on the same initiative. So if the captain goes fire at will, the gunner can fire, you know, extra shots. If the pilot says evasive maneuvers, you know, you're flying more defensively. If the engineer says, um, you know, put the shields in overdrive, you know, you, you know, every, you know, your shields get boost, uh, boosted and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and, you know, there's, there's like four or five actions for each, so it's very easy to learn pick up very quickly and while it doesn't seem like there's a lot of depth to that at first between your ability to customize your uh your ship and the fact that combat's going quickly um it stays entertaining and fun now 
if you need some more options, you can play a wizard. And because wizards have spells, and you know, in com in regular D and D, if you want to play the complicated character that makes you know melts the DM's brain, (laughs) you play the wizard. It's what you do. Um, So to accommodate that for spaceship combat, we introduced mega spells. Now, lore wise, these are spells that are uh, so big and unstable that that um, they can't exist in a gravitational field, aka lore bullcrap that we did to make sure these things are balanced so you can <laughs> players. Um, me some some lore bullcrap. Yeah. So yeah, we, we created that lore, um, you know, fluff thing to explain why, you, no, you can't use, um, you know, conjure asteroid or something um, you know, oh on a player. Um, but, uh, you know, these are spells that are designed to interact at that spaceship and mega creature level where they're doing you know mega damage or their area of effect is so large that you know like conjure asteroid field and like it's an illusionary asteroid field so that you can like hide from pe- you know That's your ship and stuff like that oh, um man and See, that that's that's bringing the fantasy into the sci-fi right there i really mm-hmm. like that yeah and and yeah it's it's a whole lot of fun so you're your wizard still gets to feel very wizardy even in uh, space combat. And those are spells that only exist in a zero G environment. So, so you, you talking there did, did make me have like two questions that if I was a, well, one, one question as a player and then one question that I'm going to have to take to Twitter. Uh, So the first question is like, I would have to ask my DM like as a player, like, okay, create food and water. Is there momentum when I make it, can I just like spray someone down with bread to distract them? <laughs> 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 <It's a> bread. <laughs> oh my god! The, the next one, the next one I got. I don't know if you saw Chris Perkins last week posted a terrifying scroll on Twitter oh, that yeah. was the scroll of summon Tarask. And now I feel the need to message or to tweet at Chris Perkins, do Tarasks need breath? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, the next question comes from Dylan. Uh, Dylan says, uh, do you want to slash do you plan to ever make a second book uh, further fleshing out dark matter, whether that be new classes, races, or just general content? Yes and yes. So Ooh. we don't have a solid plan for uh, what is next for Dark Matter yet. We do have a number of Kickstarters that I'm not allowed to talk about that are coming <laughs> up first. Um, but Dark Matter is going to be continued to be supported and fleshed out uh, over the years for as long as we can. That's super good mm-hmm. to know. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that, that that's something that will, that that is always like the promise that gets me into like an RPG. I'm just like, all right, is it just one and done, or are we gonna keep going? We're gonna keep going. All right, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is super good to know. That is all the listener questions that we got. Justin, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, uh, no this was fantastic. Uh, I thought I knew a lot coming into this. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> you've taught me even more and gotten me somehow even more hyped. There's Gundams. Sorry, I love Gundams. There's a there's a, oh, yeah. a wing zero over there. Uh, <laughs> one quick thing back on the Gundams. Um, one page one eighty three. I don't know if you stopped at page one eighty one or not, but no, one eighty three is okay. So you saw the rules for mecha campaigns then. And customizing your max. 
Well, Ooh. 100 Oni is going to expand that. We're gonna, there's going to be oh more maps, more options for customizing them. Oh my See, god! Like, I could use all my. Ter- I could. That would be. I just yeah. realized that this is an excuse for me to buy Gundams and use them on a battle mat. Oh god! Wait. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you you can go to the hobby store. You can buy every single one okay. of those Gundams, and it's an excuse now. Th- this has nothing <laughs> to do with D and D, and I'm sorry, listeners. I'm telling this story. My wife and I found a, a, a hobby shop that we didn't know about. Uh, well, it, the hobby shop was in the back corner. There was like a bunch of like stationary stuff in front. She loses me. And then comes and finds me and I just, I'm rounding a corner with a stack of six Gundam model kits. And I'm just, they have Gundams. They have Gundams. I haven't seen this many Gundams before. They have Gundams. I, I need to buy something. I, 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 I gotta go. And then I just ran away and she's like, what is happening to my husband? So that worries me that I, I have an excuse to buy that. Oh my uh, gosh. I mean, like. In the end, I love it because that's like the perfect pitch I can send to my players. I mean, like my boyfriend, his favorite anime is Gurren Lagann, and oh god, <laughs> so good. They're gonna combine. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's like <laughs> believe in the me that believes in you. He's gonna he's gonna want this. <laughs> I just love that. Uh, love okay. <laughs> well, like I was saying, Justin, thank you for being on the show. This was an absolute blast. Uh, love to have you on again doing the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. or if you just want to come on and talk about some Dark Matter, some D&D goodness. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to come back again. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with the both of you. Uh, why, why don't you, uh, you pitch, pitch your socials and, and where, where they can find you and Dark Matter and all that fun stuff. All right. So you can find me at, usually on Twitter at Mage Hand Press. Um, you can go to our website. It's a free blog, magehandpress.com. And then, uh, you know, finally check out our Kickstarter. Um, they're, you know, it's flooding Twitter. It's flooding Reddit. Um, it, in a good way. In, in a good way. Yeah, I, I'd like to think so. Um <laughs> That link is a little long, so I'm not going to like share that here. But if you uh, we'll, if you we'll, search, <laughs> we'll tweet it out. Don't worry, we'll we'll Perfect. get all those links in there. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, the best way to support it is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice. Uh, you can uh, send in your questions, comments advice anything you want to do just talk with us through email whatever it's fine send it to difficultyclass at gmail.com and we'll either talk to you there or about it on the show future wise i screwed up words there (laughs) you can keep up with the show uh, on social media on twitter at difficulty class and on instagram at difficulty podcast uh but yeah until next week have a good game (laughs) 